Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Community of Hope. My name is Jose. I'm the campus pastor for our West Palm Beach campus, and it is an absolute honor to be able to bring God's word to all of you this morning. Now, perhaps many of you may have not heard me preach in this sort of context before, so I'd love to just share a little bit about me so we can get to know each other. So my wife, Giselle, and I were originally from Miami, and like the good Hispanics that we are, we never thought that we would have moved even 10 minutes away from our family, but God had different plans, and he led us here to Community of Hope at West Palm Beach. Some of you may remember that I actually led worship for some months when I originally uh, came on board with Community of Hope. I led more so at the West Palm Beach campus, but I also led here at Loxahatchee um, until the Lord called me to be the campus pastor at West Palm Beach campus, and I am just so honored and thankful. Giselle and I are just, we couldn't be more grateful for how the community has accepted us, and so I just want to give a big shout out to all my West Palm Beach people. We love you, and we miss you. And I look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Now, actually, up until Friday, I had the full expectation of being at church at West Palm Beach um, this Sunday preaching. But instead, perhaps as one of the newer pastors on the team, I feel like Pastor Dale's maybe putting me through a little bit of a, of a hazing process. And here's, here's what I mean by that. So actually, we've been in a, in, a, uh, in a sermon series we've titled Come Home, correct, in the month of December. We've been talking about the implications of the incarnation. Really, what does it mean that Jesus left home so that we could go home to him? But also, we spent just a brief moment admitting that the title of our sermon series kind of had a double meaning, didn't it? As in, come home, come to your church home, come back literally to church But here's where we had to pivot a little bit. See, part of my assignment for this Sunday, for what would have been this Sunday's sermon, was to preach a message about the value of in-person worship. Now, I want you to think of the irony right now, okay? Had it been any other Sunday, it would have been okay. But this Sunday, on a Sunday that we tell everybody not to come in person, I've got a sermon in my hand about in-person worship. And so if that doesn't feel like a hazing process for a new preacher. I don't know what does. But moving forward, last Sunday, we also did church online, and, and I sort of had an epiphany as I was watching the service. And so, you know, I always wake up on Sundays about, probably about 6 a.m., I think. And, but this Sunday, because it was all pre-recorded, and there was no responsibilities that I had to do on that Sunday, I put no alarm And it felt so good. You know that when you don't have to set an alarm for the next day, you know 
It's going to be a great day. And so I wake up at about 8.58, and that is crazy late for me. I am an early bird. My mind is like clockwork. I never wake up that late, but I must have been so exhausted. And the sermon, the service, excuse me, started at 9 a.m., so... <clears throat> I rush out of bed, and I'm grabbing my coffee. I make some breakfast for Giselle and I, and we're sitting watching the service, and I mean, this is, it's so nice. I mean, we're, we're relaxing. We're on the couch. We're in our jammies. And I sort, of had this, I sort of had this moment where I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, this is why we stay home on Sundays sometimes. This is why we do church online. It feels so good. Am I right? I know everybody at home is just going, yeah. I agree, Pastor Jose. I agree. That's why we're home today. And so, but, you know, as I'm, as I'm telling Giselle that, I'm, I'm, you know, she looks at me, she sort of bumps me over and she says, hey, don't get too comfy because you're the pastor, remember? I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm the pastor. <laughs> you know, but when Giselle tells me, don't get, don't get too comfy, it made me, it made me wonder a little bit. How easy it is to get comfy with our faith. How easy is it to get comfy with church? I mean, let's have, let's have just a brief moment of honesty for starters. Let's point out the obvious. We're all comfy at home today. We're sipping our coffee, having breakfast. Most of you are in our pajamas. Actually, Pastor Dale suggested that we come in our pajamas today for the service. I, I don't know if anybody could take it seriously if we did, so we decided not to. But, you know, it's not just about the online audience either. I mean, coming in person, we can get comfy too. I mean, how often do we just come out of routine? How often is it because of ritual? We've always been doing. It's just another thing we consume, another aspect of our life that we compartmentalize into our schedule. And listen, I'm not pointing the finger. It happens to the best of us. It happens to all of us, whether you've been going to church for a year or 70 years. It happens to all of us. But we're here in a new year, 2022, in a world that desperately needs Christ followers to be all in on the mission. And so really, as we close our series, Come Home, we want to simply answer one final question this morning. And that is, what does it mean to be part of a church home? What does it mean to be part of a church home? And for that, I'd like to take, I'd like to take us to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 22 to 40. So take out your Bible or your Bible app or the COH app with the notes. And we're also going to have the scripture on the screen as well. So Luke writes in his gospel in chapter 2, verses 22 to 40, he says this. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... Joseph and Mary took him, took Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon who was righteous and devout. I mean, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom 
of the law required, Simon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33 says this, Then the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and then Simon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Now, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. And he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we are in awe of what you have done and what you continue to do in our lives. We thank you for leaving your home and coming to us and dying on our behalf so that we might go home to you. Lord, in this moment, would you, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you help us to take one step further? You are calling and inviting us home. May we say yes in this moment. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, in the text, there's a few foundational elements that are guiding this narrative forward. So in verse 22, we read the phrase, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses. What does that mean? So in Exodus and Leviticus, which are the second and the third books of the Old Testament, God had some, really some religious practices for parents to do with their firstborn children in those times. And Luke, the author of the book that we just read, he's, he's quoting Exodus 13, 2 and 12 and Leviticus 12, 8 straight from the Old Testament. That is what Mary and Joseph are doing. And so in other words, Luke is saying that Mary and Joseph, they took baby Jesus, who's now probably just about six weeks old, and they began to practice regular faith, really what was considered to sort of be church in those times. And it's through the regular practice of faith that they encounter God and his people at the temple. And I think that it's in this context, in this narrative, that we can find three reminders about really what it means to be part of a church home. So here's number one. So first, being part of a church home means we get to participate in God's mission. We get to participate in God's mission. Would you just read with me briefly one more time Luke 2, 25 and 26 to give us a little context. He just says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon who was righteous 
And key word here, he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So in the text, we're introduced to a man named Simon. And God promised him before he died that he would see the Savior, the Messiah. What, what an incredible promise that God would promise you, you are going to see the Christ child. And so when Jesus is brought into the temple, Simon is moved by the Holy Spirit, goes in and he picks up this baby boy and he blesses Mary, Joseph, and Jesus with a prayer. And actually, this prayer is recorded in verses 29 to 32, and it's often called the Song of Simon, and it's been used all over Christian worship throughout the centuries. And so it's really incredible, honestly, that God uses men, just a devout and righteous man who was willing to participate in the mission that God had for this world. And it was through coming to the temple, through coming to the church, that that opportunity was afforded to him. Talk about participating in God's mission, and all he had to do was show up with an open heart. And, you know, this talk about showing up and participating reminds me of our staff Christmas party. A few weeks ago, we had a staff Christmas party back in the beginning of December, and everybody, we did like a Christmas gift exchange, and everybody brought a gift. And so we all put it under the tree. Now, there was one gift that caught everybody's attention, and it was this, it looked like an elephant because it was sort of poorly wrapped with wrapping paper all crunched up. You could see the, the snout or the trunk out, out of the front of it. And Pastor Ephraim and I, we were sort of joking with each other. You're going to get that. You're going to get that. And he's saying, nope, you're going to get it. And we're joking. We're trying to see who's going to get it. Now, guess who ended up with this big old elephant? That's right. I did. Take a look at it on the screen. That is my elephant now. <laughs> we gave him a nice home over at my parents' town home, you know. But when I think of a gift exchange, and by the way, I know now what I'm taking to next year's Christmas party, just saying. But think about a gift exchange. You show up with a gift, and you participate. And this is where things connect for us here. Because church isn't so dissimilar. We're called to show up with the gifts the talents that God has given us and participate in the mission that he's doing through our church. And all this shows that there's a significance to you being part of this church, to you being part of Community of Hope. See, if you call Community of Hope your church, you are part of something way bigger than yourself. Think about this. Church isn't just another service or product that you consume. It's not like going to the movie theater, for example, where we sort of sit We watch the movie, we critique it, and again, I speak from experience. It happens to the best of us. On the other hand, rather, you are the church. You are the church. This is your church, and you are an integral part of Community of Hope's mission to interest disinterested people and make them fully devoted followers of him. And we need all of God's people in on the mission, especially for a time such as this. And at Community of Hope, sometimes we put that in the category of sermon. doesn't have to be in there, but sometimes we do put it in that category. And it's our goal and our heart's desire that everybody is serving in the area that God has called you to serve in, that God has given you the gifts, the talents, and the calling 
for. So firstly, being part of a church home means that you, you get to participate in the mission that God is doing in the world, in your local community, through your church. But secondly, being part of a church home means that you get to connect with God's family. It means you get to connect with God's family. Would we just briefly read with me one more time, Luke 2, 36 through 38, for a little bit of context again. So it says here, there was also a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. Now she was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. And she never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. So now, in this part of the story, we're introduced to yet again another character. Her name is Anna, and she's a prophet. Now, she's a widow, and the text is, is not very clear if she's 84 years old or if she uh, became a widow at 84, and she lived seven years without her husband. So she may be 84 or 105. That would be pretty cool, 105-year-old prophet. But we're not too sure, 84 or 105. Now, what we do know is that culturally in those days, if we're, this, is, this is just the reality of what existed back in the first century. It was difficult for widows without a larger family structure uh, to be taken care of, to live well and survive in that society. And so we're not given a whole lot of detail, but there's some, there's some clues in the text into some pretty incredible stuff that God had apportioned in her life. And so Luke says she never left the temple. In other words, she likely lived at the temple, worshiping all day, praying and fasting. And if we read between the lines a little bit, she was probably cared for at the temple. She lived at the temple. She was probably housed and fed there. And so it's no surprise either. The Old Testament is just replete with with, uh, verses about caring for the widow, the orphan, and the marginalized. And so this is what's happening here. So whether she had a larger family structure or not, we don't know. But what we do know is that she found a family. She found a home at the temple. That would have, what she would have considered to be her church. And really, when we look at it today from our lens, when you find a church home, and that you call that community of hope, that's us, you find family. You find a home, a real home. And family looks after each other. And when I think of this, I think of all the ways the church has helped the church family. I mean, I think of benevolence funds for our families who have just gone through some really tough things these past couple years. I think about all of the Love the 561 efforts that we've done to feed the poor, to, to clothe those who don't have. Um, I think of our prayer ministry here on Sundays. I think of our small groups and all the amazing ministry and support groups that happens on a weekly basis. That is a family, and God's family looks after each other. But lastly, being part of a church home also means that we get to be shaped by God's people. We get to be shaped by God's people. One more time, let's finally read Luke 2, 39 and 40, where the author Luke, he says this, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew, became strong. Notice this last sentence, he says, he was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was on him. 
What an amazing passage. And so in this final portion of the text, Luke gives us a bit of insight into the growth and the maturing of the Lord Jesus as a young boy. And actually, in the next part of the text, we we actually see a narrative about Jesus when he's just 12 years old at the temple. And so, but I want us to notice a few things here. In verse 39, Luke writes, they, as in Mary and Joseph, they had done everything required by the law of the Lord. And in the very next section, in verse 42, it states this. When he, talking about Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And really, all these hints about Mary and Joseph fulfilling what was required by the law of the Lord, in other words, doing what the custom was in those days, practicing regular faith, it really shows that, you know, being part of the church, their regular faith practices shaped who they are. And Luke writes that Jesus, as a result, was filled with grace and he was filled with wisdom. But beneath the surface, I think this all points to the reality that truly we are formed by who and what we surround ourselves with. I remember in my church in Miami, I was the youth pastor and I, and I got the privilege to get to know a lot of really wonderful teenagers in that season. But I noticed a trend that the teenagers who, the, the young people there that uh, made community at the church, their, their deepest sense of belonging, they were far less likely to leave the church after they left high school. Because, and what I, what I deduced that to was really what they show up to, what you surround yourself with, the people that you allow to influence your life, they shape you and they form you far more than we think. And so it's sort of like sculpting. Right? You start off with a, with a big piece of marble, and the sculptor begins to start shaving off pieces until and maybe you don't even know what it is all the way up until the end. But years later, you finally, after, when the piece is done, you see that it is a beautiful piece, a beautiful sculpture. And the same goes for church. It's where our souls are sculpted and shaped more and more into the image of Christ. And it's not just the sermon portion, people. It's not just a sermon, it's God's people being formed together both through worship and forming each other. And so here we are at the start of a new year and things look different and they're going to look different for a little while. Maybe we didn't expect to be here in this circumstance, but we are. And one of those things that's going to look different, frankly, is church. Church is going to continue to look a little bit different sometimes. But at the end of the day, whether we're all here in the same room, or whether we are in three, four, five different campuses, or whether we're all online with our families, the church does not cease being the church. She never does. And so let's, let's ask ourselves in this moment, have I been participating in the work that God is doing through my church? And of course, God knows your heart. Everyone has, is in different seasons of life with different time availabilities. And so wherever you find yourself in this season, ask the Lord. Open your heart to him. Ask him, Lord, where do you want to use me this year? Where would you have me participate in your mission? And he will speak to you. I promise you that. Or we can ask, am I making sure to stay connected with my church family? Again, in another year where it's probably going to be very easy to remain isolated, the temptation is going to be there. We have to make extra efforts 
to remain connected, to stay connected with our church family, to make sure that we're walking alongside people who are supporting us, who are going to help us grow. If you struggled with that last year, I would encourage you, join a small group this year. We have so many small groups that would, we would love to help you get connected to one or maybe be more intentional about staying connected with your church this year. Or lastly, what am I going to allow to shape my life this year? What am I going to allow to shape my life this year? And this is where we want to just take a moment and mention that church attendance, whether in person or online, if, if that's what's best for you and your family in this season, is so important to worship and to hear God's word. There is a, a shaping, a forming quality that that does to your life and to your faith. So the, and the Lord knows your heart. It's not about a task. It's not. It's about looking to just take one step forward in this next year. He loves you, and he wants to grow your faith. And so it doesn't matter what this year brings, 2022, let's all have a renewed commitment to our church home, and let's be the church that God has called us to be. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, today we say yes to your call. We say yes to your invitation to come home. Not only to come home, but to be a part of of your home. To walk in the calling and the gifts and the talents that you have given us. Lord, would you shape us? Would you form us more into the image of your son? And Lord, would this year, would you grow in us a renewed and steadfast commitment to our church, Community of Hope. We love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I just hope uh, this morning that you have been uh, filled with God's presence and God's love in this time. We're so thankful that you worshiped with us and that you joined us in this service. I want to remind everybody that uh, next week we are planning to be in person gathering on all of our campuses just as a good note it would be a good idea to download the app to stay uh, up to date with the latest information should we get another little surprise but that is our goal that is our hope that that is our prayer again we're praying for you in this time we want to be your church we want to uh, fulfill what God is calling us to do in this season would you just receive this benediction in this prayer may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in his peace, go in his love. God bless you. See you next weekend.